welcome to the Access Partnership Tech Policy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Eloise Martorell, a policy manager in our Europe team, to discuss the publication by the European Commission of the draft AI regulation. So Eloise, how bad is it? It's quite bad. If you fall under the description of um, high-risk systems, so the European Commission has adopted a risk-based approach to this regulation and defines high-risk systems and has a set list um, within the regulation. So that includes self-driving cars, um, AI systems used for hiring decisions, recruitment, bank lending, school enrollment selections, and exam scoring, for example. If you do not provide high-risk AI systems, then the requirements aren't so bad and there are minimal transparency obligations. Okay, um, but let's step back a bit, Eloise, before we dig into the detail. How did we get here? So the European Commission, when it was only three months in office last year, published this white paper on artificial intelligence. In this paper, they outline their objective to build an ecosystem of trust and an ecosystem of excellence within the European Union. This was this paper was intended to drive the European Union strategy on AI as it seeks to not only become a, a leader on AI as, alongside China and the US, but also do so in a way that ensures the trust of EU citizen and that respects the fundamental rights of um, of citizens as well. And also this is this artificial intelligence white paper was part of a broader digital strategy pushed by the European Commission. This is a strategy where the European Union outlined its plans to regulate the tech sector and to regulate technology in general. This is also driven by this push to ensure digital sovereignty and ensure that everything that happens in the EU and products and services that are placed in the EU market abide by EU rules. Okay, that gets us up to today. So in the draft legislation, what do you see as the main points? What are the main problems that our listeners should be aware of? So there are some problems for providers of high-risk systems. So there are certain high-risk systems that are actually prohibited from entering the, the EU market. So those include um, real-time remote biometric identification systems in public spaces. Those would be banned. For other high-risk systems, like the ones I mentioned earlier, self-driving cars, recruitment, there is a long list of obligations for them from having to set up risk management system to identify and evaluate potential risks as well as mitigation measures to address each individual risk heavy documentation and instruction and record keeping obligations as well for each AI, high risk ai system as well as a quality management system and putting in place data governance practices to ensure that data is relevant, representative, error-free. In addition, the regulation also looks beyond providers of high-risk AI systems and looks across the supply chain and sets the responsibility for ensuring compliance to importers and distributors of high-risk systems. So for companies that deal with AI systems but not do not necessarily create them and develop them, and deploy them, they still may have some responsibilities. 
There are also responsibilities that fall onto the users of AI system to monitor the systems and flag any risks to the providers. Finally, regulation sets a governance framework that's similar to the one that we've seen with the GDPR, where there is a regional board expected to advise and provide recommendations on the implementation of the law, but also provides, gives authorities, national authorities, enough power to monitor the providers within their jurisdictions. And they have what authority because they can access, request access to training data, access to source code for high-risk AI systems, and carry out market surveillance activities following the implementation of the regulation. But Eloise, this doesn't exist in a vacuum. Uh, the AI, as you, you pointed out, the European Commission's been thinking about this for a while, but so have other countries. How does this fit in alongside what's happening in places like, say, China and the US? So. The EU's objective is to become a leader and a superpower on AI. At the moment, EU, the US and China are leaning on this. And so China has taken an approach where it's the government itself has invested heavily in the technology, while the U United States has let the private sector develop and innovate. The EU also wants to innovate and the regulation actually encourages innovation it sets regulatory sandboxes for companies and for providers of high-risk AI systems to develop their products without the burden of regulation when they're still in the R&D phase. But what the EU wants to do is not only innovate, but regulate that is aligned with the fundamental rights and fundamental values of the EU, which is the protection of privacy. And with that, it, the EU is confident, especially with the implementation of data protection regulation and similar regulations across the world, that it can regulate while not impeding innovation and at the same time set standards across the globe. So now that the draft legislation is out in the wild, Eloise, uh, what happens next? So now that the Commission presented this regulation, it will now be examined by the two other institutions of the EU, by the Council, which is made up of where member states and national governments will be able to examine the le legislation and make their own amendments, and within the European Parliament, where parliamentarians will also dissect the proposal and make amendments. Then once each institution has developed its own proposal, they will come together to find a compromise and, um, and have a final text. What that means is we can expect this regulation to remain uh, a draft for some time and not enter into law immediately. The currently people are saying that it will be, it will likely be finalized in 2023. However, we are certain that there will be an AI law at the end of this. And once it's approved, it will apply uniformly across member states as it is a regulation rather than a directive. What this also means is that legislators, because of the importance of this regulation and the unprecedented this regulation, because this is the first legal text trying to regulate artificial intelligence, 
legislators will take their time to, to listen to people to ensure that the text is as good as it can be. This includes industry and civil society and, and consumer groups. The more information parliamentarians and other and national governments have about the application and the practical implications of the regulation, the better. So I'm sure, Eloise, that we'll have you back on again as this process evolves. Uh, thank you very much for your insight today uh, and thank you all for listening.